0: Good evening, Patriots, and it is the end of Friday on the 1st of September as we head into Memorial Weekend, and as I'm doing that today, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what would be a good idea for Memorial Weekend. Probably bring on somebody that probably knows Scripture pretty well, might give us a good launch into the weekend, probably could provide some insights that who knows what goes on, and always will be entertaining because you know that Pastor Brad Cummings, who will be on here in just a minute, will never fail you. He will always leave you with something to think about and to reconsider the way you've always thought you knew Scripture, because I guarantee you, when he gets through with you, you will not see the world the same way. We'll have him on here in just a second. Patriots, one thing we need to be doing is preparing for this insanity in which we are dealing with right now. And there's two things you need to know. First of all, if you're getting ready to go into your bunker, you need a pillow. And the best place to get your pillow is My Pillow. So you want to get a MyPillow 2.0 and upgrade all your bunker supplies with MyPillow 2.0 and MyPillow sheets. Yes, the Russians are talking about launching a nuclear war against us. At some point or another, that will probably happen. But you don't want to live in a bunker without being comfortable and sleeping daily comfortably each day. So head on over to MyPillow.com. I don't think you're going to find bunker pillows, but you will find My Pillow 2.0. And it is awesome. It is the best pillow ever. MyPillow 2.0 is available there at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. And you can use your promo code Bards and be super happy with all the discounts you're going to get. Supporting a great company of liberty. And like I said, when the world ends, you'll be all tucked up and comfy with your MyPillow 2.0 heat regulating pillow as the earth turns into a scorched pit. And you, we eat our canned salmon and whatever else we have in that bunker for eternity. Hopefully not. But anyway, check it out. MyPillow 2.0 is the one you want. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards promo code Bards. And then one last thing before we go here and get into something substantial is you also want to make sure that you're checking out EMPShield.com. EMPShield.com. It is a great product. I have it on the ATV, I have it on my Jeep, I have it on the house, it's all good. These, are, these will protect you from an EMP level one, two, or three, it will also protect you from lightning strikes and solar flares. And considering that the psychopaths are currently running the asylum, you never know what these fools will do, and EMPs are something they would just revel in, and you don't want to be caught that way. So these are great insurance insurance products, or insurance protection for your vehicles. So head on over to empshield.com. They have a great library of information there that you can check out on their certifications and installation. Easy to do. empshield.com. And use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, which will give you $50 off free shipping as well. And right now, site-wide is an additional 10% off that they're carrying over from Freedom Sale from last month. So it's awesome. So you can't, you've can't got two great things here, right? Pillows for the bunker and EMP protection for... Well, for your vehicles, so that you can come out of your bunker well-rested, get into your four-wheel drive, and go go straight up Mad Max across the country. I think that's an awesome scenario. Everybody should be excited now. We're all ready. And with that, I'm going to bring in Pastor Brad Cummings, because we're going to talk about all sorts of crazy things.
1: Brad, what's going on? Dude, I'm sharpening my chainmail for Mad Max, if that's (laughs) what we're doing.
0: (laughs) We, We are. We're coming into Mad Max time, I'm telling you. That's what Edward Dowd said last in the last <laughs> yesterday. He's like, "Well, we're heading into a glacial Mad Max," and I'm like, "Well, that's encouraging. That sounds like a great place to be." I'll tell you.
1: you. You know, I was I was at a party for a buddy a couple years ago, and they had the coolest little photo thing, and they had the picture of some ripped Viking. It's kind of like you know, like one of those things you put your face through the cutout of the cardboard, right? Dude, I tell you, I could rock a Viking outfit. I just, I, 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 I didn't look that way in the picture, but my fit, my my face just was perfect for it. And I took a picture of that I, I thought I should make that my, you know, screen grab. It was like,
0: wow, yeah, I, like, I, I like, could be a Viking. So you're being like your avatar and be like your avatar.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean yeah. it, it was, was kind of like we we put the picture up on 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 uh, my whatever page i had whenever i had a page (laughs) and and but it was impressive people go like wow mean, he's ripped (laughs) like that is such a
0: great photo effect (laughs) a little photoshop and a in a a cardboard cutout for the head yeah
1: so so if if it goes there you you want to know something though i gotta tell you um i haven't yet processed all of this, but I was up in Canada the last couple of weeks and just spending some serious, wonderful time with my wife and the Lord. And on the drive back down, it was as if I don't think I've ever had that long of a intense download Hmm. for the road ahead. And it was like, there was a fire in my chest that was literally just on fire. And God was taking the last 30 years of all the stuff that he has taught me and the moments that have shaped me and the, and the questions I haven't had answers to, and it's as if he was threading them together in a way that had never made sense like they did on that drive down, I'm having the hardest time just, you know, paying attention to the road and not weeping because it, it filled me with such a sense of fire and passion and the, the, the seriousness of this moment, but also the passion of God to bring us through. Yeah, And I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I just sat there going like, okay, I don't know if I'm excited about those moments or not, because I, I bet they're going to be hard. But at the same time, I just sat there going like I was reveling in the fact that the privilege of being born for this hour. I, I... And it it was deeply touching my heart. I mean, I just like I was just tearing up going like I can't believe you has just threaded the last 30 years of my life all together into this kind of like fiery thing on the inside.
0: That's awesome. Why well, so it's interesting you had that because you and I talked about it the last it's the last couple of nights this week. It, it has been, I mean, I just like basically described it as napalm. I mean, (laughs) and i and I say that it's it's just a little
1: napalm in the
0: air. Yeah. Just, just the smell of napalm in the morning gives me a sense of victory, (laughs) that sort of thing. But it's been, it's really been intense. And I, and I mean it in a Holy spirit way, but it's like on fire with the intensity of like it is now. Like, get up, get yourself right with Jesus, because this war is about to break in the open. That's what it kind of feels like.
1: Yeah, you you know, somewhere midweek, I mean, it's like the last few weeks for me, I was trying to find language for it because someone was asking, and I sort of felt like I, I was living out a parable. Like, everything I was doing, God was inhabiting in a way that was shaping the way I was seeing things or understanding things. And, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm up on the mountain with God. You know, it, it, it's more like all this stuff is just making more sense than I had understood. I wasn't feeling particularly holy. I wasn't like, you know, I'm jonesing after Jesus. I'm just sitting there going like, I've just been super exhausted and tired. And I've been trying to go like, Lord, I need to recover and get some rest for the season ahead because i know it's gonna about to get you know fierce to be honest yeah and i
0: think it's a good term
1: um and so i just sort of felt like you know one of the things that most of my intense passionate christian friends don't know how to do well is they don't know how to rest not in not in a not in a restorative way it's like they know how to be exhausted but they don't know how to rest with in in a sort of a recreative way and so My goal over the last couple of weeks was like, hey, Jesus, you know, guess what? Uh, I'm I'm a doer. I'm not a sitter. So I'm going to suck at just sitting here. I need you to encounter me and I need you to pour into me what I'm going to need for what's ahead. And I don't even know what that is. I mean, I I could give you my little prayer list, but it's like, you know what I need. So could you give that? And just x off all the other things on my list that I don't need. And, and please try to draw me away from that focus on things mm-hmm. that don't matter or that are making me, f- you know, f- afraid or, or I'm I'm, I'm anxiety, you know, full of anxiety about stuff. And it's like, just it's like, you know, I don't know. I was never good at telling the the hair hairdresser how to, you know, like cut my hair. It's just like, you know, do it and make it look nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I just sort of sat myself up there and go like hey lord just like do it and you know whatever I need that's what I want you to to, to pour into me and I gotta tell you man I mean I, I shared a little bit of this with you um we were talking one night but I I do I know I know a lot of things about the Bible it's like I've been studying this thing since I was six you know I, I and it no one's ever had to make me I, I have loved it all the time. And I felt like the Lord unveiled that I was, I was trying to understand justice because I know that that's super important for a head mm-hmm. and I don't think we calibrate it very well. Agreed. And the phrase was just mercy triumphs over justice. And I'm sitting here going like, you know, Lord, I know that, but I got to study. I got to understand justice. He <laughs> goes like mercy triumphs and and i'm sitting there like okay so maybe i should downshift on the justice and and upshift on what it's like what do you want me to understand what does that mean and i went way into the night one night where the lord just kind of unfolded you know how paul said i want to know one thing and one thing only jesus christ and him crucified Mm -hmm. Well, that dude wrote two-thirds of the new testament so he knew more than just one thing he was the chief, you know, you know, of the Sanhedrin, you know, the Pharisee of the Pharisees. So they had quite a, quite a, you know, learned pedigree. And yet he would reduce all of it down to Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I'm sitting there going, like, I looked at all the different apostolic prayers that he kind of had put, like, in Ephesians. There's a couple of great places. There's, And I'm just going, like, of all the things he prayed for us, it's like. He wanted us to be utterly pickled in the love of God in understanding the length, the height, the breadth, the depth of the love of God, that we might be filled up to all the fullness of God. You're just going like, that's a lot. And I don't know anybody that glows in the dark yet like that. And I felt like the Lord was saying, well, let me show you what you're missing. And I got to tell you, it's like he made me to understand that the lamb slain before the foundation of the world was not just a, you know, I got a ace up my sleeve in case you mess up. It wasn't a plan B if we sinned. It was actually plan A from the get-go. And... That verse comes out of uh, Revelation 13, 8, just in case anyone wants an address. But it's like the whole notion of the lamb slain. Jesus Jesus is that lamb. And the lamb slain before the foundation of the world speaks of his pre-creation intention of doing something. And you're just going like. I thought Jesus's death on the cross was because we had really screwed up and that was our means of redemption. And if it's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, that's before the world was cracked. That was before sin. That was before we just, you know, we, we went astray. And I was, I wasn't arguing. (laughs) I wasn't saying, well, I don't really think it says that. I'm just going like, I don't know that I understood. And and I got to tell you, God just poured something into me that made me understand past just the logic of the fact that, you know, the greatest expression of love is to lay your life down for your friends. And how when God created created us, he had every intention from the very beginning of displaying that love. And I'm going like, whoa, I mean, like the implications of that are large. And I was trying to grasp them. And, you know, maybe everyone else has always known this. I just didn't, not like, I, not like he helped me understand, but I looked at the fact that he put uh, Adam and Eve in the garden and, you know, I don't know how we all picture that, but it, w- it wasn't just a couple of kids. It was a man and a woman but it's not like they had maturity of life. You know, it's like they were innocent. But they didn't know everything. No. And they didn't know anything other than what he was going to reveal. And, and, and yet, they weren't marred with sin yet. No. But you're just going like, I understood somehow, for the first time, that it didn't matter if they were, if they sinned or not sinned. It's not like sin, it's not like sin is un. un it's not like it's unimportant. It's like it matters and it's a big deal. But I think we look at the fall of man and that's all we see. And so we end up with this, you know, we suck. We, you know, you're not worthy. And, you know, ha, my goodness, they were given everything and they were just given a tiny little thing of not not doing this and dang it look at what they did they, they go ahead and just do that last little thing that they shouldn't have done and you're just going like why and 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 we just think they have so screwed up and they've so messed up and it's like now the world is broken and it's now going to require the very sacrifice of the life of God to fix it that's not that's not a small mistake it's a huge mistake and then somehow all of us are born into that. And it's like, well, that was not fair. And I didn't do that. But now I have to to live it. And, and I'm just going to go like what if what if that wasn't the big focus? What if God wasn't surprised by what happened? What if what if God wasn't even anxious about the possibility if
0: this is what if interesting he This is an interesting piece because this actually takes us to the book of Enoch. Oh, yeah, baby. I think
1: Enoch knew some
0: stuff. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I just that whole principle of the fall, which we're, we're, if we understand Enoch, we're understanding a lot of what we're doing, dealing with right now, which is mandated to obey who we call Lucifer now, and versus the choice of free will. And the free will piece is such a, it's so significant, but you're turning it here in such a positive light that it's always been the knowledge that life's going to be rough. You're going to fall. I just want you to choose me. That's it. Right?
1: Well, I, I, I think we kind of, I don't know. I don't really think we think this thing through because of the way it's always been taught to us. I don't think we ever had a first read at this. I think virtually everybody's always been schooled all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. God has a standard of perfection. You don't cut it. So he had to do this, you know, the grand penalty. He had to slay his own son, you dirty, rotten, good for nothing person that required that. And and now out of the just, you know, super kindness that you can't even understand, he offers you salvation, but you didn't deserve it. And and you just end up going like um I'm pretty sure that's not how God thinks of it, nor how it played out. And I don't give, I don't give a pass about sin on anything. I don't know about you, but when people have sinned against me, I'm not real cool with that. I don't go like, oh yeah, please do that again. I mean, it's like I hate those people. It's yeah. like napalm them. It's like, God get them. Where's the justice? It's like fry them right now and then i realized well maybe not right now but you know but you know god you know i want some justice and 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 i just go like i don't think we recognize when god set them in the garden he walked and talked with them every single day and he loved it that was his that was his plan and his intention we skipped to the to the, the moment where all of a sudden, I don't know where Adam is, but Eve's by herself. And then you got the serpent and and then, you know, he gets her to eat the apple. And then it's like, oh, now it's all ruined. And you're just going like, I don't know how long they were in the garden before that moment happened. I don't know how many walks and talks that they had. I don't know how I, I don't. We don't know. It doesn't say. And I look at that and I'm just going like, wait a minute. They were young in Life. They didn't know everything. I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I do understand this. Satan, before he was Satan, was the anointed cherub. He was the head. He was the pinnacle of the entire angelic creation. He was the worship leader of heaven. He would receive all the sacrifices of worship into his very being that somehow emitted music. And then he would pour it out before the Lord. If there, if God had a BFF, it was him before the fall. And it was, it was extraordinary. He was, there was none like him, save God. And there was none greater than him, save God. And I believe he was called the anointed chariot, the, the guardian. Cause I think he was placed in the garden to actually look after Adam and Eve. And you just go like, wait a minute. And then you did what to them? It's not like it's two equals. It's not like it's two human beings. And, the, you know, they got all the same wisdom and all the same knowledge, all the same understanding, all the same perspective of everything that God's ever done, like Lucifer had. And that's not even his name. I, I hate that. But everyone popularly knows him as such. And you're just going like, I don't know what his unfallen name was but he was the pinnacle of everything this isn't a fair fight if the if the head of the angelic order is all of a sudden now going to use his powers to deceive and seduce this is not a fair fight god was not envisioning oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put him there and i'm gonna tempt him i'm gonna test him no
0: flipping way that's a bad parent well, there's a couple of things you bring up, which I, I think a lot of people struggle with. Maybe they don't want to acknowledge, but I think they struggle with it. How did God not know, since he is the creator of all things, that this was going to happen? I think there was a big question there. That uh, And this whole idea that somehow this, the myth, the way it's read, it's like, almost like the serpent slips into the garden and corrupts things and God didn't know about it. What I, 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 you're your painting here is that And I I might take it a step further and see what you think is that what if all of this was expected by God, that his BFF put in charge would betray it, would fall to his own pride. And in the process then, this long, if we just relensing it here for a minute, following this line of what you're saying in mercy, and I think of Job, where Job, God has so much trust in Job that literally Lucifer suffers a major loss. It's a major loss. He throws everything at him, and Job still turns to him. I mean, I can't think of anything more destructive to, to an, that that type of mentality where it's like, I will ultimately get him to submit to me, and you don't. So I guess the, the question is, is in this cycle of things, as we kind of look, looking at the lens you're saying it, God always has known he, we need him. He's trusting us to make the right judgment. He's knowing that at some point, majority will turn to him, and at the end, no matter how much Lucifer tries, he will lose. He was
1: never expecting them to do anything without him. Right. That wasn't the plan. It's not like, you know, I'm gonna set you there and then I'm just gonna sort of step back and then I'm gonna I'm just gonna see what happens. I mean, w- welcome to the kind of weird deist position of life. It's not like God's the clockmaker and then you just set back and you're like, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> I mean it's like he walked and talked with him in the cool of the day. I hello, that's engagement. Yep. Every day. How did that happen? I don't I don't know. It's fascinating. But I think it was the intent of the creation of man for the purpose of that fellowship. That wasn't just, "Hey, I wonder what else we'll do tomorrow." I mean, Enoch, that dude walked with God for 300 years and then One day while they were out on a walk, it was like, hey, Enoch, I think you're closer to my house than your house. Why don't you come stay with me? And he was not. He didn't die. Death did not. He lived in a fallen time at probably arguably the worst time on the planet in terms of the ravages of sin overtaking everything. I mean, most people, they're going to they're going to struggle with this. And I don't I don't care. Welcome okay to because it's in. like we need to struggle with this we have all these thoughts about God that I'm going like we've we've had them all taught to us but it's like who's actually read the Bible with fresh un already kind of taught eyes and you have in Genesis 5 this moment where where God comes down and he looks upon the earth and it's it's nothing but filled with violence continually and it's just got completely off the rails. And God looks upon the earth, and it says, here's like one of the most non-ever preached sermons, God repented of having ever made man. What? What mean is this strange, clear use of words? God was sorry that he had made man. How you interpret that is profound. Right. Whatever sense you, whatever that means and whatever sense you make of it, that's profound because it's going to, it's one of those defining elements of what you think God is and how you think he perceives everything. And everyone's going to like, but God knows everything. It's like, yes, I know that's part of the definition of being God. But if there is a definition of a thing called the future, that's a, that's a realm of time that hasn't happened by definition of what it is. Well, God doesn't live out, you know, God lives outside of time and space. And I'm going like, well, yeah, you can say all that, but you haven't been there. You don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say if there is such a thing called the future, it hasn't happened. But if there is anyone that does know the future, I I, I bet if it can be known, it would be God. But if it actually hasn't happened, then it's not known in fact, because it hasn't entered time and space. And so it doesn't exist like now. It only exists in probability. And when it says that God knows the end from the beginning, I think it's pretty, it's I think it's pretty clear. God, yes, he's the only being that can actually declare tomorrow, I will do thus and so. And he's the only one with enough power and the capacity to actually do that. You're gonna you could you got a plan for tomorrow. I got a plan for tomorrow, but I can't make the sun come up. Nope. I trust that it will, but I, I'm not in charge of it. So I'm stating my intentions, but I may not. Like, I don't know about you. My to-do list did not get to done today. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it never does. And so, but I but I, I, wrote it down. I intended to do it. I didn't get it done. I didn't have the ability, the power or whatever. But God can say that. So when he prophesies a thing, he can back it up. He's the only one. Everybody else states it by intention and desire, but not in de facto reality. And so, you know, if the future can be known, I bet God knows it. But but can the future be known if it hasn't happened? And so I look at the fact that when God shows up and he's looking at the earth, and it's like he repents of having ever made man, I know, I know two things. He This wasn't the outcome he wanted. And then you go like, but didn't he know? And it's like, well... He it didn't have to turn out this way and he was sad that it did. And I look at another moment with Jesus and and it's in Luke 19 where he's on the hill and he's looking at Jerusalem and he's weeping over the city. And it's like, if you'd only known the things that would make for peace, you would not have missed your day of visitation. But because you missed this moment, now your house is going to be left desolate. And I'm going like, wait a minute Jesus is God very God is he just sort of playing like he didn't know what's about to happen or was it possible that they might not have missed that day of their visitation and I'm going to postulate you know what had they recognized it we'd have a very different outcome in a very different history and I don't think, I don't think a lot of people think those things through, but I'm going like, Jesus wasn't faking his emotions, he's weeping, because this was a bad thing that he wanted a different outcome. Why would he want something that wasn't possible? And why would he go through the fake emotions of it?
0: It's an interesting thing, in, in Harry. <clears throat> when you take away the idea that I think so many people have rooted in that, everything is known by God every action is known by God there's a problem with that that position because if that's the case we're nothing more than drones if you follow that logic right yeah I mean if, if that's the case and so
1: this is a re, if this is a rerun then can we skip to the end
0: right I mean if, if we're going to say that God knows everything that we do and God knows every single thing that is known then we're little more than a, a simulation in a matrix. Straight up. And that's, ironically, that's being theorized right now at MIT. They are looking at Elite. this completely that we have essentially, and the reason this is wrong, in my opinion, is because of these words, free will. Yeah. Because if you have free will, then there's a variable in the equation, which is unpredictable, right? Case, case in point. Right. And, and so if you're, the reason that, that they can make this argument at MIT because is based on that premise you're saying, that we are simply obedient and don't choose, don't really have free will. Here's the great part about that, and you look at that story. Run that lineage back to the fall in the book of Enoch, and that's the argument. That's the argument, that man will be obedient to whom we call Lucifer, and that they will be told how and who to worship. God says no, that they must have free will and come to me. Obviously, I'm using my own words, but come to me because it's only through their choice to come to me that I can give them the full depth and breadth of their inheritance. So if you are if you look at that, and really what's crazy about this is you now run that back, you see the line of thinking that goes right back to all those years that come now is manifesting in this whole cult of matrix, like we're in a matrix stuff, because they can. Because in that way of thinking, man has no free will.
1: Yeah, it's like, I think a lot of people, when they look at this stuff, they do get stuck in just the binary. And it's like, well, you know, the devil's got his will and then he's entrapped man and man's stuck in sin. And and it's like, do you know what? God's never given up his decision making. He has a will. And he actually is probably the only being who has the omnipotence to truly bring it about. If he wanted to force everyone to micromanage everything unto the outcome of his choosing, he could do it. I don't know about you. I don't see him living that way. I don't see him operating that way. That is not what's happening on planet earth right now. God is actually allowing the free agency of human beings to have decision-making power. And he didn't give it to just believers. He gave it to the race of man. It's called dominion. Mm -hmm. And so whatever happens on the earth involves human agency. It doesn't happen without human agency. And it's probably the most extraordinary thing that God has ever gifted a creation to be like a creator You have the capacity to decide. You are like me. I created you in my image and likeness, and I'm granting you a sovereign decision-making capacity on this planet, not the universe, but this planet. I am putting you in charge of it. So what you do matters, every single one of you. I I find that extraordinary. I go like, oh wow, God! I you know I I think Satan was going. I like, I think that's where you made the mistake. You gave him too much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's what tempted him to to think he, he God was not thinking this thing through, and he was then going to prove that that was a mistake. And and I think that's that's the little tripwire that got him to go from guardian to seducer, deceiver. And, 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 and sadly, it wasn't a fair fight. And I think God was pretty ticked at the serpent. It's pretty bizarre when God starts showing up for the walk and Adam and Eve are naked, hiding with fig leaves behind a tree. And he says, where are you? I mean, like he didn't know. I and mean, come on, when omniscient God asks you a question, it's not for information, it's for self-reflection. I (laughs) so agree with that. Hey, let's, let's think about this for a second here. We've been taking walks every day, and it's been amazing. Now I'm here today to take a walk, and you're hiding behind bushes. And who's the one who's afraid? Adam and Eve? And does God want them to be afraid? Obviously not. He showed up for the walk. Was it was it was it going to be a walk to a death penalty moment? Was he just pissed? It's like, you come here, you naked little humans. I I mean, when they said, you know, but I'm afraid and and then we're naked. And it's like, who told you that? Again, just think the question through. If God's as wait till your dad comes home, he'll, you know, I mean, it's not that moment. And I think we've completely missed the emotional register of here's a God who's looking for the ones he loves. They're frightened, they're hiding, he's not. He doesn't have a problem with them like they fear. Because when they bring up the issue, he's going like, now who said that? He didn't go like, yeah, I was wondering what happened to you. Where are your clothes? I mean, he he doesn't say that. And the first thing he does is he does something to deal with the problem, and he covers them. That is so tender. That's so extraordinary. That's good, Brett. We we utterly miss that. God's already working on the problem to fix it. Yep. He's not saying, now you come here and grovel before me. You fess up. What did you do? I'm sorry, I've read it all my flipping life. It doesn't say that. He's wanting to know what's the problem between them. He wants to know why are you hiding? He wants to know who has been talking to you and saying what and what do you actually believe about this moment?
0: There's something important here, and in, in this is it's a key to where I where I, I think this is such an important root of what you're getting at and and it's this it's when you don't and you miss the tenderness of the moment, I think we can make a very solid argument that it's from that moment that we have a split in, in communication. you either seek the tenderness of the father where he then and, and that's my walk, your walk or you live this I'm not worthy and it's right there. It's right there at that moment of, of what we call the fall. And if you don't see the response of God to be working on the solution immediately, realizing what is done is done. Now we have to move forward to new places and he'll deal with other things, but he's, his love for his children right at that moment. If you miss that, then you fall to the camp of you're not worthy and worse. And this comes out in Christian faith. It's, we end up there ends up being eve's fault
1: oh yeah it's it's the blame game yeah. the woman you gave me she's the one who gave me the apple this would never have happened if it wasn't for her and you just go like i, I I don't know about you, but do you remember that little meme where the two little kids have just, obviously they've gotten involved in the paint can stuff and they are just covered head to toe in yeah. paint. And yeah. their dad comes like, what happened? And 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 the two of them, they're kind of looking at each other like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it is about as cute as it comes. And I'm going like, That ought to be plastered in the front of the Bible as the garden moment. Yeah. Okay. And the dad's trying to not laugh. And he's trying to be serious because, I mean, you got to deal with sin. Sin is not a laughing matter. But it's not like, I I mean, it is so darn cute. It is so darn real. And my gosh, it is so darn profound because it deals with the mystery of sin. And I'm just going like, you know, I had a I had a buddy that was was has is, is been pondering for the last number of weeks, and I mean, he's he's part of the you know fellow heretic card holders, you know, group that I think I, I'm I'm lofted in. You end up going like, he's been, what if we got sin wrong? And when he first said that, I sat there like, what? Don't go there. It's, I mean, I was, I, the Pharisee in me came smart to attention. I got out my sword. I was going to like, what are you, what are you dare going to say? And and the more I listened to him, the more I sat there going, like, oh my gosh. He is framing this as a loving response of a father to a trauma that has victimized the ones he's loved. And I'm going like, I got to tell you, and I got a, I got degrees behind my name. I could be a thermometer. I think that's more consistent with what's there in the opening chapters. There's a God who's coming to rescue, not the Father's coming to beat you. That's really good. And and I'm going like if we had, if we only could see that moment and we would. Then when I get tripped up in my deception because I've got supernatural beings on my butt trying to get me to trip and fall and the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, Satan goes like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. That doesn't sound like nothing. That sounds like active, powerful, supernatural evil that's hunting you. I don't know about you, but I don't I don't like that. I, I hear scary music. I I I feel I mean I'm not Brad Vlad the Viking. I, I mean I, I'm I'm not ready for Mad Max. I'm not. I'm going like, wait, wait a minute here. Help me. I have no hope of conquering sin without supernatural help from my father. I I've watched me. I could be a good sinner. I love the fact that he makes me not a very good one. But it's not because I'm so holy, so serious, so... I I can't quite take credit for any of what he's worked in me. I I marvel at it going like, wow, God, that used to own me. Now it doesn't. That is so cool. How do you do that? I know I'm involved. I have a chooser. But... I think I've actually gotten a little more humble about my performance. I know who's the power. And I'm thanking him for it going like, wow, God, you've conquered yet another area of my failing.
0: Whoa, how cool. There is a part of this walk I find interesting. And I it was, it talked about it later earlier this week. And it is, it's just a question. And it's, a, it's an important one because it goes back to the garden. He walked with them every day. So this was, he was part of everything they did. And somehow we've arrived at this point where God is not part of everything we do in, in the general sense. That's a broad brush, but it's important. Because as a culture, we tend to compartmentalize him now. So we visit him in a temple every Sunday and then we go about our lives but how where is that dialogue and it I'm I think you've hit it so well because it goes back to the place of being unworthy That's the victim and and what's really amazing about this is any child that has been traumatized by abuse never sees themselves as worthy it, It's a chance a lifelong challenge and somehow we're still struggling with that principle that, We are living through a narrative as a human race that we're not worthy of God, even though he sacrificed his son for us. We're not worthy. And then further, we take that on, on the cross as a guilt and not a gift.
1: See, you've you've been, I mean, there's a fierceness in you that I adore and want to massage a little bit. But I don't want to massage it real quick. I want to go like, God, I, I don't want to dull the edge that you have sharpened on this man. I want to hear it. I want to understand it. I, I don't want to pretend like I, I know how to do it, it diff- just to calibrate a little different. It's like, no, 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 no. But I'm sitting there going like, you've focused on this all about the children. And if anything breaks your heart, it's when you when you see the damage that's done to others. I mean, it's like, you talk about a fierceness and a brokenheartedness all put in a blender and put into an emotion that I I bet you don't have a word for. I watch that, I watch that in you. And I'm going like, I see the heart of my father. I'm going like, God, there's a revelation here. I wanna drink from, I wanna understand. When you go off, and this is all about the children. I'm going like, you know, when you first said, I'm going like, well, that's that's nice. I don't think it's all about the children, but you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll listen. And the more I've sat this, and I go like, why do you keep saying that? And it's like, why does God keep you know giving you that focused edge? And I'm sitting there like, and I just sat there like, well, what if it was about all the children? What what are we supposed to be seeing? And I'm going like. I don't know that I'm supposed to be seeing the children as I'm supposed to be understanding the father of those children and his heart for them. They are everything. Put it in a verse. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It was the father's good pleasure to crush the son. What? Well, if it's for the children, those verses are profound. They're a mystery. To be revealed in an emotion that says, that is his love for you. He'll bankrupt heaven. He'll lay down his life. That's how precious you as an individual are to him. Let's not consider that a speed bump and and, and speed over. That's a slow down stop. Sila. Understand this one. Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart be opened, that you would know the the incredible riches that He's laid up, the, the, the hope of your calling, and the surpassing power towards those who would believe. You need a revelation to understand your purpose, your place, and God's intention. And then he, he prays, I, I hope that, I pray that the eyes of your heart would would be opened and you would know the length, the breadth, the height, the depth, four dimensions of the love of God. This is the dude that 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 gets caught up to the third heaven. I mean, he's, he goes through more than anybody else. And he gets such exceedingly great revelations. He gets this wonderful thorn in the flesh that gets to deal with it. And 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 he's the guy that writes First Corinthians thirteen that says this is what love is. It's a personality description of the God he's in love with.
0: Let me throw something at you here because this is kind of gets to a couple things <clears throat> to the idea of being traumatized. And equally the uh, the concept of nations shall be judged. As a as a collective whole as a nation, we've turned our back. On abortion, we've just normalized it, yep, and it it's part we, of the food system right, so it makes me wonder when we're talking here, because if we're if we're aborting children, are we not trying to kill ourselves? It's a very big statement, but if we're allowing abortion in the society, are we not in some way, some place deep within us? guilty and burdened to want to commit suicide ourselves in some way. Because the children, if there's one thing the father has shown me when, to your point, all the children, and this is this came from I don't I think when you were up in Canada. And it was the one night and just a praying and he's like the ch- children are the force of creation. And abortion mm-hmm. is trying to intersect that and disrupt all of creation. That's getting to the heart of us. So I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm looking at this at this root, and it's like, so we go back to which you, where you started, which is back to the garden, and this misperception that we're now following in this guilt of fallen, and we've arrived at a point where literally, as a society, abortion by a federal mandate's been overturned, and yet we've just kind of like, okay, well, good. And we're done with it. And it's it's no more. And it's just become more, it's actually become more normalized than it was before. That's what's the most incredible thing.
1: Yeah, we, we have lost the horror of what that is. Yes. And you're just going like, oh my lands. This is this is one of the most destructive, the heights of evil. And 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 we tolerate it. You know, nobody's trying to they'll probably get so upset about 5g they'll pull down those towers
2: mm-hmm.
1: i just go like oh, would you pull down the abortion industry <laughs> I, I, mean, just, I mean i, I, I don't', say I don't know, that. just say i'm just
0: i'm i'm just laughing at human behavior because that's this is the problem we're having right now is and this is, again, a, a very sophisticated, far greater sophistication in the deception and the redirection of this fight. We are all of these things. We we start pulling them back. And again, the, to me, as I, I'm i just following his father said, and I'm, I'm just it is the root of all things is the children saving the children. When you when you undo that, you do just one of the things you just said, you unravel the abortion industry you destroy the porn industry you you take away the pedophilia industry you take away the sexual exploitation industry you take away the food of the of the satanic cults i mean it's you un you take it all away it's the it's the it's the part that weaves it all together and yet we're going to be it's going to be easier to get people to hate 5g than to save the children
1: yeah, I mean there's something's like seriously twisted wrong there.
0: Oh, dear. And,
1: and and yet, but here's the deal. The one area that God displayed the greatest error, I mean greatest hatred of the evil that's had, that's that's going on and he assigned a capital response to it, millstones. Was if you harm one of these little ones or you hinder them from coming to me, And I'm going like, well, might that be applied to the overarching ministry of condemnation of how unworthy and sucky you are, sinner? Because that impedes people from running to the place of rescue, to the lifeguard who's on duty, who wants to save you from drowning who knows that supernatural evil that is more powerful than you is trying to get in between us and in between you and him and in between you and each other. And he's trying to destroy those things. And what if his heart was an absolute, I will destroy those who destroy my little ones. I will destroy those who destroy the people who are my temple. And his hatred is towards the enemy, not towards the victims of the trauma of sin. Yes, they're guilty. Yes, they've become participants. But when Jesus was on the cross, I mean, put this in your theological pipe and smoke it. Father, <laughs> forgive them, right? for they know not what they do. I'm sorry, I've read the details. They knew exactly what they were doing. They had a horribly corrupt trial. They knew they didn't have any truth of the accusations against him. That's why they had false witnesses. You don't understand, if you don't understand the the trial realities of the day, if you bear false witness and are deemed to be false witness then the penalty on the one you're accusing falls upon you. Hello? That's some serious stakes. They knew what they were doing. They knew this was a rush trial. They knew it was complete travesty of all justice. What most of us don't know when Jesus comes riding in on a donkey, do you know that the rabbis of the day were looking and longing for the Messiah? And they had two... They had two defined understandings. If he was pleased with them, he would come in the clouds. But if he was not pleased with them and they were not found worthy, he would ride in on a donkey. We don't know that. Most of us have never heard that. But that is clearly. I, I have been to Israel. I have spent time with serious rabbis i have been astounded by what they know versus what we think they know or what you know and i'm just going like wait a minute when jesus rode in on a donkey um they knew what the statement was did the crowd did did everyone really I, i don't know that's why they were telling everyone to be quiet Quit them saying Hosanna because that was indicting the leaders of the day. They didn't like that. That's when they decided we shall murder this man. They knew what they were doing. So when he's on the cross and Father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Make sense of that. They certainly did. He didn't say and the crowd doesn't know what they're doing, but... The leaders do. I mean, he just said flat out wholesale humanity doesn't understand and it doesn't matter. Do not hold there. I mean, it's like he's there and I'm going like you intended to do this at the foundation of the world. That's the revelation. It's like none of this surprised you. I mean, is God so naive that when he gives you the capacity to decide your own way or his way, that He he's really shocked you would decide your own way? I mean, is he that naive? I don't think so. So when they, they mess up in the garden, is God like, oh, my gosh, what have you done? This is going to cost me my life. There's none of that there. The first thing is, where are you? And who said that to you? And it goes about fixing the problem. I find that extraordinary. I would love to, I'd love to hang out with the believers that that was their understanding of the father. that, that That would be the best group of people to ever hang with. Talk about a bunch of problem solvers and huge lovers. Kind. Let's fix this. Why? That's what our father does. He fixes
0: things. It's really interesting, this discussion, because, I mean, you've been in Canada. I Just some confirmations coming out of this all week because there's been a last couple weeks, in fact, really talking about being can and not can't. This was a big <laughs> part of it. it really, so you're yeah. really hitting it. So it's really that we should be, that we have to transform our narrative from I'm unworthy and I can't to, I am worthy and I can, and it's, it's right at the center of what you just said. When you transform to become a problem solver and not a problem acceptor, it, it we're world We're just changes. a whiner and a right? declarer of all things bad. Right. And, and it really changes your relationship too with God because this is where so much I think of where this split is that we're seeing right now. It's, am I going to be one that says, God fix this in prayer? Or am I going to be one that says, Father, the challenge is before me, guide me and work with me to solve the problem? I mean, there's, there's, those are two different narratives.
1: Oh, they, they are, they're so profound. Religion is all about shame management. Yes. Religion is about telling you what a worm you are. You suck. You're never going to be good enough. Thank goodness we've got some sacrifice. So now let's go through the sacrifice and you feel guilty because we want to make sure you stop doing this by the way you've got to be serious you've got to double your commitment you've got to realize the consequences of this and even though you we, we know you can't i mean it's like jesus the woman caught in adultery she's standing there naked Where's the guy that she was caught in the very act of adultery? Excuse me, that wasn't by herself. It's not a solo sport. Where's the guy? Why is he not there? This is a total setup. I have no idea what he wrote on the ground, but he basically said, hey, if you're without sin, go ahead and throw the stone. Nobody was there. So at the end of it, injustice. Woman, where are your accusers? There's no one here. He's not avoiding the issue. He just doesn't think what she did was the problem. What she did was the result of trauma and sin that's infected the entire planet. And she was born into it. She wasn't born with this free chooser. She was already born with a twisted chooser. So now he shows her what Paul wrote there is now, therefore, how much condemnation? Ah, just maybe a little bit. I don't know, eight months of it. None. No condemnation. For who? Those who are in Christ Jesus. He, he just, He's just gone with this great solilo- soliloquy about how he cannot do the things he wants to do. And the very things that he doesn't want to do, he finds himself doing. And he doesn't hold himself like, I am such a sick pervert. He says, it's not me, it is sin that's dwelling in me. And I have no idea how to be delivered from this wretched body of death. Romans eight. And it's like, who's, who's gonna help me? Who's gonna deliver me? Answer, Jesus. And he doesn't have a guilty conscience. He doesn't have you suck. It's, it's guess what? I have been delivered. There is now therefore, what? No condemnation. So Jesus looks at that woman and says, woman, where are your accusers? No condemnation. This is pre-cross. If he doesn't calibrate this right, all of us die. This is God going all in on all truth. And in this moment, he's not messing up. He's delivering clearly now. Go and sin no more. Was he joking? Was it even possible? Dare we believe such a thing? Well, if it's not true, then he is a liar, and then our whole salvation is is screwed. So I'm going to go with the 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 only <laughs> option here. He's telling the truth. Yeah. And maybe it's not about human performance. Maybe it's not about what you're humanly possible of doing. Maybe it's that now that you know the love of God, you won't. Those who have forgiven much love much. He also said another crazy thing. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We read that as prove your love by doing obedience. What if Jesus said, no, 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 no. If you love me, if that love is in you, it just might have a power to change the way you live. Oh my gosh! I you can interpret that however you do. I think your life will reflect how you interpret that.
0: I think that's true. I think that's very true. It's pretty good.
1: I mean, I I, I end up going. I was like, you know what, God, I've done me. I am I am like super smart. I've got a really good brain. I am I, I have a strength of will that if I just finally choose to do it, guess what? I'll do it. I'm an ox, but the truth is is, those things will not manifest the fragrance and the aroma of Christ. They don't make me the obedient. It's love in my tank. If, 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 if a man in love cannot quit. He won't. If you're failing in love, you're going to fail in everything. This is all about God's love being placed in you at the level that Paul's praying, which is extraordinary measure of love. And he did extraordinary miracles. Great grace was upon him. Why? Because he finally figured out the chief of sinners, discovered the mystery. God loves you.
0: Period. Yeah, there's no further discussion on that, is there?
1: It was decided at the very foundation of the world. Let's do the thing that will forever display and release the power of what it is. Love poured out at the beginning. It wasn't plan B. It wasn't like, well, let's make provision in case they might misuse this thing called free will. I mean I, that is how the Pharisee in me always saw it. And because I've really honestly been able to behave most of my life, I'm a good Pharisee. I can behave better than you. I can I know more than you. I've been studying this longer than you. I can outperform, outshine, outwax, eloquent and knowledge puffs up. But the thing that changes love edifies. And you're just going like, I can't hold a candle to the genuine. I I was ruined up in the mountains when when God was saying, you've missed this. I did not feel bad in the least. I just sat there going, how? How did I always relegate this to not understanding that you never expected us to get it without this? You never expected us to be able to not fall into sin You never expected us to be perfect or mature or finished until we knew this. You always wanted mercy. Mercy triumphs over justice. Mercy. You know, when everyone's offering their sacrifice, God bases. guess what? I want mercy, not sacrifice. You think I want you to kill more animals and smear more blood? You think that's what I really want? No, I want mercy, and you're just going like, "Wow, how wrong have we got this?" Pretty heavily. I'm sorry. I'm fired up. I something's been released in me that I'm just going. Like, I don't hope it never wears off. I'm just going like, God, I'm so sorry that I have looked at the the the. The commitment of will, the, the 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 try harder, the do better gospel thing, and thinking that that somehow was was close to what makes tramp, champions. It's like no. And the Lord said one time, He said, "Brad, are you strong enough to be weak enough so that my strength could be made perfect in you?" And I'm going like, I haven't a clue. I don't know. I bet I'm not. i mean if you want an answer i'm pretty sure i'm not but i'm pretty sure i am because i think whatever strength i think i have i know it doesn't cut it i'm not in condemnation on it i'm just awareness it won't manifest your love it won't manifest miracles i can't do greater works by my strength i was born for that That's all I've ever wanted to do. Why? Not so, oh, look at these powerful, so that problems get fixed. People are dying. They hurt. They're owned. They're enslaved. They don't even want to know it because they have no hope of changing and they have no hope of behaving well enough for religious people to accept them.
0: That's the key is it's the structure of religion. Well, this has been good, man. You had a good revelation. Just light
1: like Friday afternoon. <laughs> Friday.
0: <laughs> yeah, You had a powerful trip up there. That's awesome. I think there's a lot of, I mean, we'll talk more over the week, but I, there's, there's been a lot of, for myself, just listening to what you were being shown, a lot of confirmations mm-hmm. and a lot of the messages and I think when we get into love, and I think this is—we'll leave this for another show—but we get into love. It's important that we we have to start really distinguishing love between the way the marketing of this country and the material culture has translated love to the fullness of love of God, which is very two different worlds. It's not even it's not even possible to put the two side by side. But I think that's a big one. Well, sir, yeah,
1: uh, there's one last thing I want to share. Yep. I shared this with you and I think it's, it's a great place to close because it's like, it has just changed me from being frightened about the future to being excited for it. Um, Before we went up to Canada, we were kind of another place in, in central California. and I was just kind of missing the Lord, to be honest. I was kind of a little sad going like, Hey, you know, where you been? I, Where's our cool walk on the day? And I need you know I need more revelation than what I have. <laughs> and so I was just like, can I have a dream tonight? You know, could you could you come and just would you speak? You know, I I I'm I'm sure I haven't earned it, deserved it, whatever, but I sure would want it. And I went to bed, had a really wonderful sleep, woke up in the middle of the night with the most outrageous emotional moment i think i would had for a long 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 time and it was it was an awkward thing though um in my dream my girlfriend just prior to my lovely wife kelly showed up and this was someone that i was really never romantic with we don't we never really even held hands or kissed she just was a phenomenal
0: friend so this goes back like what 40 years 30 years
1: yeah it's back in college days and um she just was precious and i just i really i mean it's like i think i think my mom always thought i was gonna marry her and i think i wanted to but i didn't have any confidence that she had those feelings for me she's just was such a great friend and i'm just going like i am so enjoying this friendship And so I think when I finally did get interested in Kelly and I just fell head over heels in love, it was a shock to her and it hurt her. It wasn't a betrayal. It it, it just, I think it was sad. And I remember the last time I saw her and it was sort of like she wanted to try to be happy for me, but she wasn't. And I was happy. And I wasn't understanding because I didn't think you liked me. And, you know, knucklehead man. I didn't, I didn't read it, understand it. And in this, in this dream moment, just moment, she came up to me after a lifetime. <laughs> and she looked at me with this lifetime of regret. That was like, I wished I had not screwed up. I wished I had understood that moment. I wished it was different. I didn't make the right choice and I wished I had made a different one. And she was sad and yet she hugged me and the love that I felt was so extraordinary. It was so real, it was so deep. It was like, wow it was not sexual in the least it was arrestingly powerful going like no way i had no idea that anyone felt like this towards me and i woke up and just that hug i'm, I'm right next to my wife and i'm going like i didn't know how to even hear that i didn't know how to receive this dream i'm going like I didn't do anything wrong. I I I I I wasn't lusting. I wasn't. I was. I'm just going. Like, I don't know how to read this. And so the entire day, I just sat there going, like, Lord, what was that? I knew it was God. It wasn't some Facebook friendship. It was. I knew it was God. It was so profound. I I'd, I'd never felt that love. And then the next night, I had a dream where I'm sitting in Malibu and. I'll tell it just real quick, because all of a sudden, all these people that most everyone would know. It's like I was having encounters where the love of God was just showing up and they were having the exact same look and response, but it was to to the Lord. And people that I would put on the thou shalt execute as soon as you possibly can list for the crimes against humanity and the destruction of children. And they were responding to Jesus. And it was such a a thrilling dream. And I woke up out of the midst of it and I kind of went, whoa. And God put the two together where he said, I wanted you to feel what I feel when someone turns to me. And then I wanted to show you what's going to unfold as they do. And I got to tell you, I went, no flipping way. You're going to save treasures out of darkness like that? And they're going to have the feelings for you that you allowed me just to have in some sort of registrable amount that I could relate to that was, I mean, I just sat there going like, oh, this is going to be grand. Whatever, whatever has to happen to get us there is going to be so extraordinary and so worth it. I don't care what we have to go through. But if people will see you and step past a lifetime of regret and say yes to you and you want them, and you're telling me you're going to do that, then put me in, coach. I'm just going to go s- sit down at any coffee shop in Malibu and just wait. Because the presence of God, it wasn't, it wasn't some gully washer on the side. It was happening out of conversations I was having with them where they felt the presence of God. They were not responding to me, to my eloquence. They were responding to a presence that showed up and was a person that they finally saw. And so when I was up in Canada and God's pouring into me this, this love, I'm just going like, they're all connected. God is about to do something extraordinary. Love will win the day. The bad guys will not. The demonic ones will go to the lake of fire. And many of those that have just the, tiniest realm of being able to respond to the living god well mm-hmm. and it will
0: be glorious yes it will just saying <laughs> just saying why don't you close us out with a prayer Red?
1: hey god we have zero hope of being able to do anything of eternal value without you We only love because you first loved us. And so God, I'm going to ask in consistency with Paul's prayer for several thousands of years, I pray that you would open the eyes of the heart of every single person here. That you would strengthen them with might in the inner man that they would know the surpassing greatness of your power towards them who believe, and that they would understand the hope of your calling, the incredible riches of the glory and the inheritance of the saints, and that, God, that you would Shower upon them with revelatory understanding in their heart, their mind, their soul, the depth of their being, the length, the breadth, the height of the love of God, and that it would fill them all up to overflowing to the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that, Lord, that's what the world would start to encounter Rise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, and kings and queens will come to the brightness of your appearing. In the midst of this kind of darkness on the earth, God, would you, would you visit your people? Would you come into them, and would you be revealed to them, so that you might be seen through them? by those who cannot see. And God, would you start transforming and recapturing great treasures out of darkness, people that we have given up on, but you never did. And would you change us into those kind of instruments of your love and your kindness and your power? Because when everything's wrong, you run right into the middle and you fix things. Would you give us that kind of gospel understanding and power?
0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've got, hopefully, Founders Bibles coming in, too. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, I good. even have a truckload
1: showing up on Tuesday. Well, that's good news. God too. has moved heaven and earth. It has been it's been the most difficult thing the last six seven months i know finally getting to the place where it's like okay game on we got ammo back in the in uh, in the uh, armory and we're gonna have some at
0: Bard's fest which will be
1: we'll have we'll have a bunch at Bard's fest and i gotta tell you scott i i don't know if i've ever been so excited to say something someplace as regardless of where this schedule we are but you know fredonia
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh it, i really gotta
1: going. tell you that's that's extraordinary that god has a place where he wants to deliver a message the bards well now we're we're not at
0: fredonia we're in uh
1: no, no i know but that's where that's where that vision for it began Oh, yeah. And he yeah, right. got you in a different space and a different oh, whole a, different it, dynamic that you didn't think you thought you're gonna have to cancel it. I'm just gonna like God has a setup here. Oh, it's profound. That is so Go ahead. So I just I I I knew it's like he gave me that entire thing I'm supposed to say on my drive down the mountain. And I'm sitting here going, like, okay, I don't know how you're gonna do all that, God. Somewhere you're gonna help me process that where it just makes sense. But um, I had a buddy that was the just one of the best preachers I've ever ever had the chance to know, and enjoy. And he was like a father to me. And he just said, Brad, you get yourself before the Lord and you just get yourself lit up by his fire, and people will come and just watch 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 it burn. <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> I'm just going like, ah, I don't I've not it's like can't perform that, but I am I am able to be that little Lord. Break open your heart and show it to people.
0: I, I will tell you this: it's we shifted. It just and I I told you this story. It was we were we'll kind of close with this? It's uh um got down to the wire because we were kind of at, I was at the week. I just said, okay, Lord, you know I'm totally trusting in this. We free didn't work. We're pivoting. We had some other things that didn't connect. It just didn't feel right. Said, okay, you know, we need a we need a location or I'm going to have to make a decision to cancel just because it's in fairness to the people. They're, people are taking time off. And uh-huh. 24 hours later, that door opened and 72 hours later, it, the floodgates opened. I mean, it's just, the, this place we're at is like everything we'd wanted to be. I mean, it's, the, the, I've told you so many pieces about it from the owner of the property that started out by saying this isn't. My property. I'm just. My name's on the title. I steward it for God. Over 200 camping spaces. We already have like almost 100 of them reserved. Um, it's just amazing things that are happening one after the other after the other, you know. And it and it's all coming together rapidly. And um, pieces are coming together. So it's it's really exciting. And it's it's one of these things that, and you know what I'm saying here. You can either swim upstream or you can flow with the rapids, again. And when you're when you're when you're flowing with the rapids and you're cutting through those class twos, class threes, class fives, and you're 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 getting that line when you go, yeah, that's beautiful, and that's what this is, and it's it's going to be an extraordinary event. I mean, Yuba City was great; it was amazing. This is going to be something else, and it's it's taking on a whole another flavor. And it's there's a really interesting thing here that in the in the whole last year, because last year we didn't do a Barge Fest in 2020. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. 2022 resistance chicks did their piece up at Plymouth and that was all ended up being tied into that whole Bible delivery, God's delivery, you know, my Paul Revere for the Bible um, process. Yep. And that led to where we are with Yuba city and led to so many things. That just, whole thing just opened up and I can just go on a list of things. There were two major efforts that were launched at the same time, I mean, following that, which were, one was the, the conversion of the Trail of Tears to the Trail of Joy, and the other was another revival by Jamie and Rob who are doing uh, Banners for Freedom. they two different ones, and they, they circulated. Both of them finish, I think it's next week. Both of them, and that was random. And we end up at, we're going to have at least two of them Come to Bar's Fest. And it's like this whole reunion now of the whole last year of people assembling now. It's pretty amazing. All this is hmm. just happening. It's just all coming together. This is God's hand. It's beautiful to watch it weave.
1: Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's happening right in the midst of all their like silly threats.
0: Yeah. It's, a, it's all the,
1: the stuff threat. they're going to do. And it's like, you know, what they do in the book of Acts. It's like, hey, God, look at what they're saying. Grant your servant boldness. That's. I mean, I just sort of feel like you know I was driving over Lions Gate as I'm just going like, man, you're putting a roar inside me I haven't had because I'm not the guy that's going to manufacture that. Yeah. If 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 it's real, it's real. If it's not, then don't pretend. That's
0: a true but, statement. There's a lot of lion going on right now.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: As in L I O. Spell that however you will. (laughs) Yeah, that's a perfect perfect dual meaning, isn't it? There's a lot of lying going on. Which part of that are you? Well, I'm going to be the L I O and You can be whatever you want.
2: Yeah,
1: and and I just, I end up going like, Lord, they're saying scary things, and I don't care. You're bigger. You're more powerful. You're stronger. And wherever you want me is the safest place I could ever be smack dab in your will and i don't have a fatalistic thought towards any of it this is all game on and the outcome is not yet determined not for this nation no. not 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 and not in the in the good triumphant way and not in the bad guys winning way we have a moment where i think god is still wanting to call this nation to him mm-hmm but it isn't this finger wagon thing. This is like, I don't think we've heard the call of the father that says, where
0: are you? Yeah, that's a great one right there. You
1: know, and who told
0: you that? <laughs> and you better not you say, say Biden. That's all I'm going to say. Cause you say that you're out. <laughs> that's a penalty. Yellow card, red card twice. <laughs> and you're gone off the field. Not working. Oh, and I hope this made sense. It did. It was awesome. Thank you, man. And just awesome. So, well, uh, connect, but, um, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All the time. It's always a blessing. Bless. Always bless you. Bless you, man. Talk to you soon. God bless. Well, Patriots, that was the, that was Brad Cummings, who you were coming to know so well. He's, he's an amazing voice and an amazing visionary in understanding scripture. And I'm really honored to call him friend. He's, um, Brother in Christ, in an amazing way. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., prayer Saturday. Buckle up. Be ready. There'll be probably by three or four hours worth of prayers tomorrow. We'll get them. We'll knock them out. Lots of healing going on. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
3: Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.